0: My episode is on the short side today so I want to tell you guys a story that has to do with the Friends Mesmer episode. Um, And we were talking about the opera that was cancelled and then he rescheduled the whole thing and put it on in his garden. Whatever that means. Like the image in my head is just so like Mm -hmm. fantastical. Yeah, And then as a thank you for the whole thing because they became like Best friends forever. Mm-hmm. Mozart wrote a role for him, or like a reference for him. Yeah. Sorry, uh, not a role, a reference <laughs> that to that him. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. Also, <laughs> in which he strokes your arms, <laughs> holds your thumbs, and stares into your eyes, um, and is a leopard. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wrote the <laughs> reference to him in "Cosi Fan Yeah which I can't speak Italian, so I'm, pro- I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. So Apology accepted. So the man that wrote... <laughs> do you know what a libretto is? Uh, sounds familiar. It,
1: uh. It's a song in opera, right?
0: No, it's a part of opera. Okay. It is the words that are in the... It's the story. Oh, okay. So Here. when you have like a musical kind of Mm -hmm. thing you have the book is written by and the music is written by and the book is the script and the music is the music parts um and it's the same kind of thing for opera a libretto is the story and the words that's written by someone completely different than the composer Hmm. the composer puts music to it and then the person writes the words so
2: didn't have didn't mozart have or maybe it was beethoven what was the one who had like the really rude names for their songs and was, like, singing about their, like, butt. That's That's Mozart. Mozart Mozart
0: was obsessed with farts and butts. And and we're going to talk about that. Not that, but, like, his... (laughs) Childishness. So yeah. when he wrote that opera and they performed it in the garden, he was only 12 years old at the time.
1: That makes more sense for him writing an opera. I thought you meant like a 12 year old, like wrote the entire story and wrote all the lyrics, but he just did the music.
0: He did the music. Yeah. Yeah. There so there's always somebody that wrote Mozart's librettos. So this guy that I'm talking about, um, he wrote the same, I'm not going bog, to boggle people down because it's just a story, but he wrote yeah. the same, the libretto for Don Giovanni and mm-hmm. the Marriage of Figaro, and he wrote this one. Okay, wow. um, so the hits, the hits, yeah. So this guy was having, <laughs> <laughs> this guy was having an affair with, uh, prima donna, which is a very yeah. famous opera singer, female mm-hmm. that is usually in a. a a lead female role. Yes, mm-hmm. I've
1: learned that from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yes. the
0: movie Driver? <laughs> it's in <laughs> the libretto. It's in the libretto. <laughs> um, so he was having an affair. So when he wrote this Cossie uh, Funtuit, which is All Women Do It, he wrote a role specifically for her to showcase her and her talents. Cool. Okay. And Mozart fucking hated her. He hated her so much. Now, okay. at this time, he is now 14 years old. 14-year-old boy and he he does not want to cast her in the lead role and so they're arguing all the time and finally the guy that wrote the libretto he wins he's like you're gonna cast her this role is meant for her so Mozart wrote her her big aria like her big show-stopping number he knew that when she sang she would hit these high notes and she would tilt her head back when she hit the high notes and like throw her head back and open her mouth really wide and every time she hit a low note she would tuck her chin into yeah. her chest and yeah. hit this low note and roll her shoulders and so his his whole aria I'll post it somewhere you can hear it. he wrote it so it's literally these scales of high to low notes so that and quote she would look like a chicken bobbing her head on the stage uh... <laughs> And I just love the idea of this 14 year old boy yeah. that's doing something so classy as writing an opera but then and then also, just putting in these little like jabs yeah. where he's just like, and he must've been that first performance, just watching her like just sing laughing. it, just laughing, like yeah. with her head just going and that, and, and hearing that story. And then I really like that opera a lot, but I didn't know that. And yeah. now every time I hear that Aria, I can just picture her every time it goes from the high to low note, just like moving her head around. <laughs> <laughs> like how vengeful and it's it's kind of like petty but then when you realize how old he is I don't think of his operas when I listen to his operas I don't know how old he was when he wrote each one but then hearing that you're like my god he was only like 13 or 14 years old when he wrote that yeah it's crazy it's insane yeah and yes he was obsessed with yeah (laughs) his letters are you read his letters to his wife. And you want to have this like, because he wrote such beautiful music and you want to have this insight, but <laughs> no, 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 it's just all about butts. <laughs> yeah. Butts, butts, butts. <laughs> anyway.
1: Did you read that book? There was like a historical fiction romance book that was about like Mozart and yeah. his wife and like her sisters and stuff like that. Yes. And I remember reading that and being like, he's very charming. He is <laughs> yes. very charming and
0: he wasn't very charming, but he actually like, I don't mean... I'm not going to do an off the cuff episode on Mozart, but he started having a relationship with his wife's name's Constanza. And he was involved with his, her sister before he was involved with her. And then she was just way too good for him. She ends up going off and becoming a prima donna herself. Mm. And then, um, Constanza's other sister, uh, Jofra. Yeah. Jofra. Um, she became a really famous opera singer as well. And the queen of the night aria from the magic flute. magic flute thank you um it was written for her and apparently she had this insane high range where she could hit like from a, a f something to something else like she yeah, could yeah. just go and it was like it was so unheard of that he wrote it specifically for her to showcase this thing that she could do mm-hmm. where they think that we actually haven't heard it properly since it was written right. yeah well yeah because sense. there's no one, so one else that was has that range written so specifically for her. Yeah, like anyone else that sings it has to kind of adapt it for their own range, but the way that yeah. it was written was meant to be not what we hear today. That's crazy. Kind of cool. I like that. Anyway. Ready?
2: Okay. Boop
0: boop boop boop. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy.
1: I'm not doing it. I'm
0: and I'm Julia. Yeehaw. You know why you didn't do it? Because your name doesn't work in that accent. No. It there's wouldn't. no R's, there's no it's just hey, A No, nope, see? Doesn't work. <laughs> Allison. <laughs> <Hey>, Alice. <Allison. laughs> yeah it Different is name. yeah it is but like ale <laughs> ale Al.
2: yeah, it. it's the isn't for it's this the isn't. yeah you have to like it's
0: too complex yeah oh well it's okay
2: settle down <laughs>
0: anyway how are you doing guys good good taught yeah. it it's yeah it's really hot out and for the last three weeks I've been like can it just stop raining yeah now it's, it's July light. and I'm wearing a sweater and now I'm like fucking fuck it's so fucking hot <laughs> I was miserable yesterday yeah I just want an in-between. <laughs> We had a couple in between. We have. Last Monday, I went for a really big walk, like a huge walk. And it was nice. It was sunny, but it had a really nice breeze. It was sitting around like 20 degrees, maybe Mm -hmm. like 22. And I was like, this is perfect. The rest of the summer could just be like this. I would be so happy. Yeah. It won't be. No. No. (laughs) No. And I'm going into the interior at the first weekend of August, and it's going to be... Yeah. I'm going there next week. Disgusting.
1: I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. (laughs) I worked yesterday though for eight hours. Yes, I hung out
0: with your coworker last night. Yeah, she was exhausted.
1: I was exhausted too. I fell asleep on the couch. Yeah, I'm sure you did. That's, <laughs> she looked like she was
0: gonna fall asleep. We were sitting <laughs> on a patio, and I was like, "Do you want to go home?"
2: I I fell asleep the other night. My wife came in, and I literally had the light on. I had like my phone like in my hand, like like I literally just like passed out, and um, I didn't set any of my alarms to wake up the next day. Oh my god! And she went over and fixed them for me <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> because it clearly like the light was still on. So I was like, she double checked. I was like, nope, no That's alarms. So nice. Aww. Yeah. Well, because I literally was like a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> like I just
0: like fell asleep. Like ugh. <laughs> a crime scene. Like a renaissance painting. So, yeah. Oh, exactly. I was say, like like um. Like, one of those things where you have to figure out, like, what happened. Yeah. Like, one of those puzzle photos where yeah. it's like, who did it? Yeah. <laughs> How'd they die? <laughs> exactly. So.
1: Like, I one don't... of the app games where you have to find, yeah. like, weird things that have nothing. Like, they're like, find the cat.
0: <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the last time I took a plane, which was with one of you. Who was it? Me. Not me. You. Julia. Oh, and June. <laughs> but I was playing that searching game. They have, like, the games on the television, and there's one that's, like, find the objects. Such a great way to pass the time on a plane. Like, I don't usually go in for those kind of things, but Mm -hmm. I said that very strangely. I'm sorry. That was a weird inflection.
2: I was watching The Dark Crystal.
0: That's how I I passed the I took a plane
1: afterwards. I watched Aladdin, like, the remake of Aladdin, Mm -hmm. and then the guy sitting next to me started watching Aladdin. Uh, probably about ten minutes after I did, and then I guess he was watching my screen because then he jumped to where I was, and then went two minutes beforehand. So I was trying to look at my screen.
2: Someone did that to <laughs> this me. Was like two minutes ahead. Someone did and that to me. I was like
1: me. trying to sit there and be like, "Don't look at a screen. Don't look at a screen." <laughs> That's a fucking annoying. Yeah, bullshit. someone did like,
2: that to me when I flew out on on Christmas Eve, like three years ago three or four years ago I flew out on Christmas Eve and they had Die Hard playing on like they had it available to watch and I was like fuck yeah like it's Christmas Eve I gotta watch fucking Die Hard and the exact same thing happened the guy saw that I was watching it and then he skipped like five minutes ahead from where I was I was like that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) like and that that bugged me and I've seen that movie like a hundred (laughs) times I can't imagine something I've never seen before that'd be so annoying just so like, I have
1: no idea if it was a good movie or if I was just upset It was about not a good I, movie. Okay, cool. It was, it was fine. I didn't like not. it. I've seen worse. I didn't enjoy the experience of it, but that's also because I got to watch the scenes twice.
2: It was better, it was better <laughs> than Cinderella, that's for sure. Oh, Cinderella's <laughs> garbage. I disagree. What? Oh, gosh,
1: I hated bad. that one. Not as good as Beauty and the Beast, though. I like that one better. Yeah.
2: I mean,
0: we're talking about a really low bar here, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I may mean, be getting old, but... I enjoyed Beauty and the Beast. Yeah,
2: no, that's what, what was, she just said. I, I like it. She said it was the best oh. one. Yeah. yeah. If Luke Evans and Josh Gad were not in that movie, though... No. 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 It would have been ter- terrible. They were one of the but, only people who brought life to having
0: it. Having said that, you can't... I mean, that's like a hindsight. You can, They would have cast someone. Those roles make that film. Mm. I mm-hmm. think the same thing about the cartoon. If it wasn't for Gaston and LeFou... I so? wouldn't like that as a classic Disney movie either. Those two characters make that story. Really? I think so. Oh.
2: What about all the, like, Lumiere and Clogsworth and all of those characters? <laughs> they don't make it for you. I don't. Mrs.
0: Potts? Chip? <laughs> You're just saying names. You <laughs> like, just mean, like, they're all really great characters. I guess, but they're not, like, pivotal to a plot. They're not. They're just kind of, like, there as part of what's happening. I don't think that they're like. <laughs> no, it's just there to be like, these were humans and now yeah. they're objects. It's not really like, they it don't drive anything forward or do anything.
2: It is kind of scary how in the new one they're going to turn into it, like their souls will disappear and they'll turn into inanimate objects forever. The threat of it yeah, is definitely not, not just like, in the first. In oh, the original we're just going to be right? like this
0: forever. Maybe yeah. one day Chip will fall down the stairs and that's going to suck. Yeah. But, but like,
1: also the whole village was their families and yeah. everyone just forgot that they existed. Yeah, they definitely sad. added
0: an element of uh, direness to yeah. It.
1: yeah.
2: Huh. Well, we're talking about Beauty of the Beast today, right? No.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys today about a man named James Braid. Oh. Yeah. James Braid. James Braid. He was born in Scotland in 1795. Okay. He takes... Takes. <laughs> we're going for pre- <laughs> president. Oh, oh. Hold on. Oh. Do we need to take
2: a second? Bad start. Also, Braid is in like B-R-A-I-D?
0: hmm Oh, wow. Braid. Okay. James Braid. Uh... Once again, born in Scotland. I didn't just do that for it. He took an early interest in medicine and started apprenticing at the age of 19 for Thomas and Charles Anderson, who were a father and son team of surgeons. Yeah. They were Anderson and Anderson. Anderson and Anderson. They were working in the we'll league. Cut your Scotland. damn leg
2: off. Wait, what do they do? They're doctors? Or surgeons. surgeons? They're yeah, surgeons. we'll cut your damn leg off.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs>
0: Um, he obtained obtained a diploma from the Royal College of Surgeons of the City of Edinburgh when he was twenty years old. Okay. So, wow. starts apprenticing at nineteen. By twenty years old, he's an actual surgeon. I used to have a dad who is leading the way for you. What? No. Is it
2: the other way around?
0: No. Wait, what? James you just say? James Braid obtains a diploma after apprenticing for the father and son oh, duo I you were, of Anderson and Anderson. I thought you and was the son of father and son. <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Okay. So there's these two guys that are completely irrelevant to our story okay. that are father and son and they're surgeons. I thought they would be relevant. And they're I like, do they you want to apprentice for us? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to apprentice because I want to learn how to cut okay. off body parts. Dad? And then they're like, no. <laughs> Does he start calling him dad for no Maybe.
2: reason?
0: Duh. I'm your son now. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's 20 years old and he's a doctor. Okay, 20 years after that, nope, sorry, reading my <laughs> things wrong. Out. 10 years after that, he okay. owns his own practice. So okay. he works a little bit, works a little bit, works a little bit, and within 10 years, he owns his own practice. First, he starts off in Dumfries, which is in, yes, that's how you pronounce it, right? Dumfries, yeah. in Scotland. Uh, and then he moves to Manchester, England. Okay. I'm trying not to sing hair right now. She's um, <laughs> you know not working. Song? I can see <laughs> my <me. laughs> bobbing my head. Yeah. Um, On a cold day in November in 1841, a Frenchman by the name of Charles LaFontaine came to Manchester to perform an act that he had developed 10 years earlier when he met a man by the name of, are you ready for this? Jean-Baptiste Ambrose Mercelin Jobard. Wow. That's a lot of names. That's a sentence. (laughs) I will refer to him as the man. made up. The man? <laughs> the man from now on. He's only mentioned one more time. <laughs> Jean-Baptiste Embrose Marceline Jobard, who had told him about this crazy new idea that had been brought to France by a German na- man named Mesmer. What? <laughs> La Fontaine had been working in the theater, but after meeting the man many names, he abandoned his vocation, began studying the techniques of mesmerism, and traveled to England to spread the word, now calling himself a magnetic demonstrator. That
1: sounds like the devil. I have many names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A man of many names. So now he's calling himself a magnetic demonstrator. Now, if you haven't listened to the Franz Mesmer episode, probably go back and do that, Mm -hmm. but Franz Mesmer believed that we had a fluid that ran through our bodies that could be controlled with a magnetic pull
2: mm-hmm.
0: controlled by a person with animal magnetism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So they used iron and magnets and things to pull that fluid and uh, mesmerize. Sorry. James Braid had encountered the concept of animal magnetism before in an article in the London Medical Gazette, but both he and the Gazette had dismissed it as hocus pocus. However, he was invited to La Fontaine's performance by the man himself. By Lafontaine, not the man with many names. He's gone now. <laughs> Lafontaine invited him and a bunch of other medical professionals and surgeons to watch what he was doing. Okay, um, it was more of a lecture than a performance, but still. <laughs> so, uh, although he was skeptical of the concept, he tried to approach the night with an open mind. Braid watched closely, focusing on the subject uh, subjects eyes as Lafontaine performed the mesmeric effects on him, on them. Sorry. And by the end of the performance, he determined that the subjects were indeed under a very different physical state. Hmm. Hmm. So he's watching their eyes the whole time that they were under. And he was like, that person's not there. Like, that's yeah. not a fake thing. That is, something's going on here. Yeah. So he had actually attended the same performance two more times throughout Wow. That, so he's the next day.
2: Invested. <laughs> yeah. He's in deep. <laughs> and he was
0: convinced that something was going on. So there's a quote here from a medical, like a, a book about this Lafontaine's techniques was a combination of physical contact mesmeric passes do you remember the mesmeric passes where they mm-hmm. would like he would like touch their chest and things like that and like move his hand mm-hmm. is what they when he was what like he passes. it's so stupid and <laughs> eye fixation it began with the operator being the person in charge and the subject facing each other the operator held the subject's thumbs LaFontaine stressed the importance of initial physical contact and the subsequent operator imposition of mind control had been established. Although generally successful with his assistants, he was rarely successful with volunteers, only with one in four or five cases. So Hmm. when he had his assistants, they would go under. But when he pulled people from the audience, only one in four or five actually went under. And was very often forced to abandon his attempts some after 30 minutes of intense effort. So, so, there
1: is some sort of suggestivity to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's kind of a like, if you believe in it, I guess. Yeah. And he's seeing that the people that are going under are, there's something happening, yeah. but it's just not as consistent. Yes, yeah. it's not
2: everyone, it's <clears throat> more suggestible people. Yes.
0: Braid was unsure what was happening, but he knew one thing for sure. Magnets had nothing to do with anything to do with it. That's a terribly written sentence. I was writing this while I was on the bus. Had nothing to do with anything that was one happening. One thing's for sure. Magnets have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Sorry, let's start oh, it again. I mixed it up. He had do thing for sure. Magnets had nothing to do with what was happening. There we okay, go. There we go. <laughs> I have not an anything in there. He just but it has like a board of suspects here. and it just
2: crosses <laughs> magnets off the floor. Magnets, you're free to go. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So he decided to start his own study. He used the Occam's razor approach. Do you know mm-hmm. what that is?
2: Mm-hmm. Kind of.
0: Yeah. It summarizes that the simplest explanation is often the correct one. Um, it's not exactly the quote. That's kind of what it boils down to. It's actually a different one. It's something that anything that should not be duplicated. No, anything that doesn't. Nah, it's a weird one. Anyway, but that's basically what it means. It's like don't make things more complicated than they need yeah, to be. Right. Um, so uh, because of that, uh, sorry, I've lost my place. He surmised that neither magnets, charisma, or touching were what was causing the effect, the effect on the subjects. It was in the eyes. He focused on the eyes of the subjects, describing their gaze while under the mesmeric trance as upwards and, and upwards and inwards squint. So looking up and looking in, I guess, like, like a oh kind of God. like,
2: like a really like, yeah,
0: intense, like focusing, like, yeah, you know, focusing. And he was like looking all of the eyes on the people that had gone under had that same effect that he described as like upwards when you're about and to inwards. Like faint. squint. Yes. A lot of like <laughs> flickering and yeah. things like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and surmised that an object of concentration at such a height and such a distance from the bridge of their nose that the desired upward and inward squint was achieved was what put the subject into a trance. So he starts practicing on people. So something that's held a certain object held at a certain distance between the eyes and at a yeah, certain spot good. that they have to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. To achieve that upwards and inwards squint. Yeah. Seven days after seeing LaFontaine perform his act for the first time, Braid gave his own performance at the exact same theater where he demonstrated that he could replicate the effects produced by LaFontaine without the need for any sort of physical contact or magnets between the subject and the operator.
2: Hmm.
0: Braid dove deeper into his theory. It's cool, but it's kind of a dick move. Yeah, like seven (laughs) days. (laughs) They're like, hey, you want to come see this thing? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. A week later, I did it better. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, you're full of shit. Braid dove deeper and deeper into his theory, writing papers and lecturing on the idea. By the following year, he was using the term neuro-hypno- neurohypnology to describe Whoa. his work. That year, he gave another performance at the exact same theater in Manchester and stated, quote, I therefore think it desirable to assume another name than animal magnetism for the phenomenon, and I have adopted neurohypnology a word which will at once convey to everyone at all acquainted with Greek that it is a rational or doctrine of nervous sleep. Sleep being the most constant attendant and natural analogy to the primary phenomenon of mesmerism. The prefix nervous, distinguishing it from natural sleep. So that's the neuro hypno. Hmm. So it's a nervous sleep is basically what he's calling it. Uh, hypno in Greek means to sleep or to put to sleep and neuro means nervous. So yeah. he's de- coining it as a nervous sleep rather than a natural sleep. Um, there are only two other words that proposed by way of innovation and these are hypnotism for magnetism or mesmerism <laughs> and hypnotized for, mag- for
2: magnetism.
0: sounds like a charity. <laughs> <Hey>
2: <laughs> <guys>. Hypnotism for <laughs> magnetism. <laughs> hate
0: to do this, but <laughs> would you <donate>? anything helps. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of magnetism and mesmerism, he wants to use hypnotism. And instead of magnetized or mesmerized, he's proposing to have hypnotized. This is the first time these words are ever used. Mm-hmm. They don't exist until he says them wow. in this place. So Bray thought that hypnotism was producing a nervous sleep different from ordinary sleep. And in order to do so, here's what you do. You take any bright object, so like, uh, that's why you see a lot of times with uh, watches, mm. because they reflect the light. Mm-hmm. Take any bright object between the thumb and fore and middle fingers, like mm-hmm. this, on the left hand, that was my right, but I'm holding my phone with <laughs> my right left. Hold it about eight to 15 inches from the eyes at such position above the forehead as may be necessary to produce the greatest possible strain upon the eyes and the eyelids and enable the patient to maintain a steady fixed stare on the object. So you really want like, remember what, like just now, when you tried to do that, like when you like look up, it's kind of hurts your eyes yeah, to cross it, sure. and, but you want it to. And that's the, the yeah. point where you want it to be, <clears throat> excuse me. The patient must be made to understand that he is to keep the eyes steadily fixed on the object and the mind riveted on the idea of that one object. It will be observed that, uh, that owning to the consensual adjustment of the eyes, the pupils will be the first contract will at first be contracted. They will shortly begin to dilate, and after they have done so to a considerable extent and have assumed a wavy motion. <laughs> um if the fore and middle fingers of the right hand extended and a little separated are carried from the object towards the eyes, so going a little bit closer, yeah. most probably the eyelids will close involuntarily and a vibrary motion and with a vibrary motion. Jeez. So again, that flickering. Yeah. This sounds so violent. Yeah. If yeah
1: it this, sounds like you're causing someone's brain to shut down. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. If this is
0: not the case or the patient allows the eyeballs to move, desire him to begin anew, giving him to understand that he is to allow the eyelids to close when the fingers are again carried towards the eyes, but that the eyeballs must be kept fixed in the same position and the mind riveted to the one idea of the object held above the eyes. In general, it would be found that the eyelids close with a vibratory motion or become spasmically closed.
1: Yeesh. So like your eyelids are just constantly like flickering.
0: Flinging. Yeah. So wow. that's when you know it worked. You're like, bingo. <laughs> Do they look broken? It's <laughs> like,
2: Ugh. it's a complete success. <laughs> <laughs> they look fucking it's scary. It's interesting because
0: the, 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 a big part of what he practiced was self-hypnotism. And that's how he figured out he did it to himself. You, you practice you on other subjects but apparently there's a there's a whole group of people that regularly practice self hypnotism yeah. in order to do things like a lot of the time it's food based with like telling yourself not <laughs> to you put like eat a donut your eyes. <laughs> so
1: well I think there was a the light reflects off the glaze yeah.
2: <laughs> closer <laughs> until you hate donuts forever <laughs> donuts did this to me <laughs>
0: Oh, that's killed my, my brain. Uh, he completely rejected Franz Mesmer's idea that the magnetic fluid caused hypnotic phenomena because he believed that anyone could produce the effects in themselves. Whereas Mesmer's com- concept relied on an individual capable of animal yeah. magnetism to produce those effects.
2: He thought it, he was special. It was yes. something about him.
0: Yes. He yeah. was like, I got and this I animal magnetism yeah. and right. y'all don't. So I'm going to do <clears> this <throat> thing.
1: And then Breyer's thing is that it's like, uh, or Braid's thing, it's that it's like your. Nervous system shuts yeah. down when there's something like fifty. Yeah, you're from causing brain your brain
0: to flicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's your brain goes into a sleep basically, yeah. like a suggestible sleep. It's a it's it a sounds like self sleep.
2: preservation.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. just
2: like well, I guess we'll just <laughs> we'll just do conk this, out <laughs> because I don't really want to stare at this light for any longer.
0: Yeah. At one point, the term Braidism was suggested to replace (laughs) replace hypnotism, but Braid immediately rejected the idea. His theory was not about him. It was about the human condition. Which is interesting because, again, we have Mesmer who thinks he's this thing. He's seeing these patients Mm -hmm. and doing all this stuff, whereas Braid was training people how to hypnotize people. It wasn't like, oh, I'll just start this business and yeah, I'm going to have this thing like, like all of my name in lights Exactly. And those lights are put dangerously close (laughs) to people's eyeballs. James Bray died in 1860 at the age of 64, but his practice lived on. Hypnotism became extremely popular, much more so than mesmerism ever could. And it was used by both doctors and therapists for cures for physical and mental ailments. Uh, It began, it became way more popular abroad than ever. It was in the UK, especially in America <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't take long for magicians to pick it up as part of their act yeah. because of course yeah. so there is some kind of suggestibility to hypnotism like we were kind of talking about so when you go into that state it's used for different things so therapists at one point it was used for this idea of regressed therapy where like the idea that your brain was hiding memories mm-hmm. uh, I think it's been proven that I've seen Hannibal <laughs> a thing has been proven <laughs> that that doesn't actually exist, that you create those memories in that state. You're uh, not really finding not real. things. You're making things up. Yeah. Your brain's kind of being, because it, again, it's that sleep like state, right? So you could definitely go into a dream kind of mode, yeah. like a waking dream and think that you're remembering something that your brain's just creating on the fly because it's stressed the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and people, therapists use it for, again, the most common thing that it's used for now is food. Um, it's been proven to help smoking and stuff like addiction addiction and like weight loss and Mm -hmm. it's been proven to help IBS apparently Hmm. which is really strange but I have a feeling that has to do with a lot of like the food choices and things like that maybe maybe? that's interesting yeah the
2: last thing I would have expected I know
0: know. Um, Freud used it a lot at the beginning of his practice um, and it was really a part of how he discovered the id and the ego was this idea of like these repressed kind of like sections. He ended up rejecting the idea of hypnotism and didn't think it worked. And that's going to bring us to the end with the hell out of it. Today, (laughs) today there are two theories as to what's happening during hypnosis. The first being the altered states theory, which he, which braid kind of proposed, Mm. which, um, that your mind goes into a trance marked by a level of awareness different from an ordinary state of consciousness, that waking sleep kind yeah. of situation. And the second is that hypnoto- hypnotism is basically a placebo effect that if mm-hmm. you believe in it enough, that it's something that will work.
2: I mean, yeah, there's lots of stuff like that, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. Where I don't think that they would exist at all if people weren't as suggestible as they are. Yeah. Like think mediums and, like those, yeah. like there's definitely something to be said about the suggestibility or the willingness to go into a situation like that I and be like, I believe in this.
1: Yeah. There you is know, and, a sort of like, like if you suffer with like anxiety or nervousness and stuff like that, you can cause yourself to have weird symptoms mm-hmm. for things. So if you are suggestible to like that
0: it extent, is extent, it
1: could help you with that.
0: Right. A lot of the time that what it said it was used for is pain management Mm. as well where you can go into a state and your body tends to do that on its own if you go into a high enough pain register your brain yeah. just kind of those yeah we've talked about that before when we were having that conversation about the alternate realities or mm-hmm. parallel universes that people yeah. a lot of those things happen in trauma mm-hmm. um, and like child labor is a big one where women's bodies will just shut their brain just goes away yeah it's just like, nope. Yeah. you don't need it's to like be temp- here for this. Like we can loss. we can take care of this. So you yeah. go somewhere else kind of thing. And they have like near death experiences. They have the waking nightmares. There's a whole bunch of things yeah. that happen. So your brain does have the capability of like switching off. Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. And people say that with meditation too. I've met lots yeah. of people that are like, you know, I used to have like really bad, like upper back pain, but now I meditate
0: all the time and it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I definitely 100% no doubt about it. Have no belief in mesmerism. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Cause like when we did the mesmerism episode is just, it's just laughable. Everything about it right down yeah. to him concluding his sessions with the harmonica <laughs> and like, <laughs> like yeah. the, just, it was so wacky and it, it, was turned into this like performance type thing and magicians taking hypnotism. Sure. But there's so many, you don't hear like, well, Freud was really into mesmerism. Yeah. You know, like the fact that he played around with hypnotism is completely believable. The fact that we still use it today, that there's two sides of the fence to it, that we don't know what's going on with it Mm -hmm. is kind of more interesting. I think. Yeah.
2: Do you did you I don't know if you know the answer to this, but is when you were looking up all the hypnotism things, is there a reason why? Because that whole time you're talking about lights, mm-hmm. is there a reason why the pocket watch became
0: a like a staple of hypnotism? Like well, it whenever a, it's like it says a shiny object, right? Oh, okay. Is what he says. So something that's going to reflect, reflect light, light or oh, be okay. have a pinpoint because of the reflection, it would have us you know like think of something that's. Shiny like that. That's like, well, I don't have anything to really. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but even like looking at the light reflecting on the the china, there's going yeah. to be a fixed point where that light centers in, and okay. that's the thing is you want that person to focus on that object. So that's what he said repeatedly. Stress that they are to focus on that object. Mm-hmm. Don't move your eyes. Don't blink. Don't do anything. And that's another thing. You're stressing your brain out yeah. because just holding that position of the upwards and inward squint it hurts it a does, little bit and yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do it and it's stressful and you instinctively want to blink. You instinctively want to glance away from something. Yeah. So you're stressing your brain into that mode yeah. already. Um, I think the shiny object, I guess because men would carry pocket watches. Yeah. yeah. Also all, all, they would always have a pocket watch. They don't
1: have electricity.
0: They don't have electricity. So
1: your only other, like if an artificial light would just be a candle. Yeah. And I guess oh. that you don't and want it to doesn't a candle that close to someone's face.
0: And it doesn't say a, a <laughs> light, it says a shiny object, yeah. right? So you want mm-hmm. that to be like, you're focusing on this object. And I guess the watch just became something that you would have on hand. I guess so, yeah, that makes sense. Like a, a ring's not gonna work, and yeah. most people don't have those. And yeah. Maybe so. like a
1: magician thing did that. Magicians are all about like the, I take this everyday object and I do this with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. That's crazy.
1: I wonder where the like back and forth thing happened though, because that's what they do with hypnotism in movies, right? Is they have the watch and it, yeah, like, that's what it goes back and forth I like a pendulum the, kind of a yeah.
0: thing. Yeah, I think it has to do with the um, it's like the same the, story. With the spinning. It, you yeah. just
2: kind of get drawn into it, right? It's that slow, again, it's that fixed point, yeah. though,
0: right? The spinning thing, I think that was probably more magicians. Cause yeah, that's a very much like a show. it becomes that right? urban legend. Yeah, exactly. That's more, it comes, it becomes that show. It's the same with Franz Mesmer mm-hmm. as to, he never had, I mean, he had a bit of a performance with it, with that, Whatever I can't remember what it was called where he had the like big cauldron thing yeah with people standing the low around bowl it. yeah <laughs> like so strange but then again we watched that sounds movie. like a community art project we like wa- with the pieces of iron sticking yeah. out of it where you're like what the what fuck am I this? looking at how much did this cost yeah um, <laughs> and uh, but but then the legend of him becomes that showboaty men in mm. a top hat with like the cape and like, like the way that it d- is then portrayed in the early 1900s with the silent yeah. film era where it's just this like dreamlike wizardy t- it becomes this thing of fantasy right mm-hmm. yeah so i guess that's the part of hypnotism that gets picked up as to like yeah. because also if you're doing a performance just holding a watch there and having someone stare at it isn't very entertaining. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, moving or spinning things or whatever yeah, to true. like it makes it more of a show. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so. sense. <laughs> just cuz you imagine just stare at it. No, stare at it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just not <laughs> it's not a good thing to watch. Uh, yeah. You're like, okay, we're watching a man stare at a watch until his brain yeah. clicks off we're watching him watch a watch. Mm. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That was hypnotism and that's wow. my two-parter. I didn't actually know I was going to do a two-parter. <laughs> Surprise two-parter. Surprise. <laughs> I had another idea and it's going to have to wait cuz it's too big. So, oh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> is another follow-up? No. No. Oh. I you were gonna do Benjamin Franklin.
2: Yeah,
0: I was told that. I was oh well, like I'm, I so am, but it's not gonna about, be. Like, I guess I could be. Oh, they also that same committee. about
1: America.
0: Investigated <laughs> braid, as well. Oh, guillotine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So we, maybe I'll do, maybe Again. I'll do a, an episode on that committee just be like, what the fuck were they? <laughs> <laughs> what did they do? Uh-huh. Um, I found out that Benjamin Franklin was a fashion icon of France. Yeah. He was like oh, wow. the be all end all in France. People were like, what is he wearing? He's so handsome. It's like, no, <laughs> he's not. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm like th- two thirds of the way through my Benjamin Franklin episode, but it's big. So okay. stay tuned. Wow. That I'm man excited. is a shit show. Sorry, Americans. <laughs> That's
1: why he's on the 100. He earned his spot there.
0: Yeah. Because he's money. He's money. <laughs> and not a president. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay safe out there. Sign mm-hmm. your sign off. Wear a mask.
2: <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a jingle at the yeah, end yeah. of each a one. The little star goes by. Yeah. With a mask the more you mask. <laughs> The more you mask. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.